Every decision they make can affect our lives. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. American and coalition forces are in the early stages of military operations to disarm Iraq, to free its people. I have already condemned in unequivocal terms the statements of Reverend Wright that have caused controversy. I got them $28 billion. They're going to vote. Do you think Joe Biden's going to get you $28 billion? Any extra money that he gets comes to him and his family. It doesn't come to Iowa. From America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is Our Lives in Politics with your host, Booker Scott. And this is our first time back since the holidays. I hope you had a great Christmas and Happy New Year, too, by the way. I am Booker Scott, and this is Our Lives in Politics. I had a busy couple of weeks. I had, uh, of course, Christmas and the New Year's, and then I went to Phoenix, Arizona for my son's wedding. So, been really, really busy, and I've been missing doing this show, but I'm glad to be back into a new year, and a new year brings the 24 election. And that uh, brings us into all types of presidential politics, and we're seeing it going on. It's been going on a while now on social media. You see uh, different factions going at each other, whether it's DeSantis against Trump and Trump and DeSantis, and now Nikki Haley, but there is also another name that's worth mentioning, and, and that's Robert Kennedy Jr., as an independent, he left the Democrat Party, and now he is going to run as an independent. He is trying to get on state ballots. But then the question comes, and I'm hearing some of this out there, is Kennedy is running so that it gets thrown into Congress. So I started looking into this. What exactly does this mean? You know, I'm not sure, but if he does run and he is successful in grabbing some of those electoral college votes— and neither Biden or Trump or Nikki Haley or DeSantis, whoever it may be, they don't have enough electoral votes to win. What do we do? And some people think that that's why Kennedy is running for that purpose. Well, it goes to Congress, and I don't really know how it works. But like I do most of the time on this program, is I get people that do know how it works, that are a lot smarter than I am, and that's what I'm going to do now. Uh, Every afternoon at 4 o'clock, on America Out Loud Talk Radio, you can hear a program by Paul Engel, and it's called The Constitutional Study, and he does a great job. I don't know anyone that gets into the Constitution better than Paul Engel, so we're going to go to him. So I want to welcome right now Paul Engel to talk about this 12th Amendment that we have, and it could come into play in the 24 presidential election with Bobby Kennedy and Trump and Biden. It's a possibility. So, Paul, welcome to the program. Welcome to Our Lives in Politics. Well, thanks for having me. Um, It's very convoluted in most people's minds because we don't understand how we actually elect the president. I guess it's so the thing to remember is that this idea of people voting for president is actually something created by the states. The Constitution says that the the states appoint electors for president based on their relative population. In other words, they're representative in the House and in the Senate. So if, if you have uh, if you live in a state that has, say, 10 members in the House, well, then you get two electors to vote for president, and they get to they're the ones that actually choose a president. Our political system, our dependence on the political parties 
has kind of twisted this into a popular election uh, situation. Now, specifically with with Robert Kennedy Jr., it, it's similar to um, I, I'm thinking of Ross Perot mm-hmm. or other situations where we have in our minds that there are only two parties. That realistically, we have a two party system, and you, you got to pick either one from column A or one from column B. That's really a limitation we've put on ourselves. So the way the Constitution reads is uh, the electors for every state gather in their state. They cast their vote for their for, for whoever they want for president. Now, modern day, they've promised, they've pledged to to vote for their their party's champion, what we call their party's candidate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ultimately, according to the Constitution. They can vote for whoever they want. And under the 12th Amendment, they vote for one person for president, another one for president. Those votes get counted, tallied, certified, sent to the president of the Senate to be counted. And that's where we encounter this little stratagem you heard about. If someone does not get a majority of the electors present, the majority of the electors actually casting votes, then that decision goes to either the House, if it's for the president, or the Senate, if it's the vice president. So the 12th, and, the 12th Amendment, Paul, as I understand it, is an amendment that made it where the vice president was elected with the president. Am I correct on that? Well, originally, the vice president was the first runner-up. So when George Washington ran, um, he got the most votes. John Adams got the second most votes. So uh, Washington was president. Adams was vice president. This got real interesting in the 1800 election when Adams, the incumbent, I'm sorry, this is, I'm sorry, 1796 election. Adams um, ran to, for one presidency and Jefferson ended up the vice president, but they were of two different political factions. Adams was a federalist. Jefferson was an anti-federalist and there was a lot of contention. So they developed the 12th amendment to say, instead of casting, instead of the electors casting a single name, they would cast one name specifically for presidents and another separate ballot specifically for vice president. That was the purpose of the 12th Amendment, was to, you know, to, to have the, this whole nonsense of a, of a ticket. Again, that's, a, that's a manufactured by the political parties. It does not have anything to actually do with the Constitution. Now, you mentioned that the president would be selected by the House. So let's play along with this little scenario that I'm hearing about RFK Jr. uh, going in to 10 or 12 states. Maybe he gets enough delegates to throw a monkey wrench in this. And it has to go to Congress, to the House of Representatives, to select the president. What does that look like? Because I guess the new Congress will be sworn in prior to January 20th. So the makeup of this election in 24 
could have a lot to do with who the president is if this strategy were to work. Well, even that gets a little tricky. You are correct. It is the new Congress that would decide. But it is not a vote of the representatives. Each state gets a single vote. So it really comes down to not the majority of of the um, the House itself, but of the state delegations within the House. What is their political preference? So you would think that it would be they would it would side with the political uh, makeup of one state, right? And I'm, I'm trying to wrap my yes. head around this, and um, I don't know that I'm doing a good job. It takes a lot, Paul. Well, think of it this way. Take a state like uh, New York and uh, uh, California, very large, very populous states, predominantly uh, Democratic. So the number of, uh, of representatives in those two states that, would, that are Democrats would be very large, but they still only represent two states. Now you take another state, a state like Texas and Florida, similar situation, large states, large population, large numbers of, of, of representatives, but they lean Republican, yeah. but they still only represent two votes. So you have 50 votes. Is, is that right? Or do the territories also get to vote for that? If you it, have 50 votes because okay. there are only, there are only uh, voting members from the states in the house of representatives. Okay, so then we have what? How many red states do you estimate? What is it? The thirty-two or so? Do you think? Um, yeah, I, I, that sounds. I don't know exactly, but yes, I, I would. I would say the odds are better than even that it would lean towards the Republican rather than the Democrat, because the democratically controlled states tend to be populous coastal states. Whereas the the more rural states tend to need more um, the Republican, but it means these swing states, these purple states, actually have a lot more influence. They become a lot more important in that situation. And uh, it was 1801 that the Twelfth Amendment came out. So you mentioned that 1796 election. As a result of that election and what happened by 1801, the Twelfth Amendment was adopted there. And so now let's go to the Senate side. You mentioned that the vice president is selected by the Senate. And the Senate makeup right now is not like that. But again, you go to the states. Is that correct? Uh, No, because each state has equal representation in the Senate. The the, the votes are done by state there. It's a simple, straight up vote. So you get uh, 50 votes again, not 100, but 50. No. You, you get you get 100 votes. So it is completely different in the Senate. Each senator would then cast the vote. So then, uh, let me ask you this: We've right now we're sitting at 51-49 Democrat to Republican. Uh, Democrats have the power. Let's say that it stayed the same next year in in 25 after they're sworn in. Uh, do they select a, a Democrat vice president? Um, if again, if we end up in the situation, which is not a foregone conclusion. I, I, I think only a couple times it's happened in our history. Um, then what you end up with a, whether you end up with a Republican or you're much more likely to end up with a, a, a split 
where the president was comes from one party and the, and the vice president comes from another party, which leads us in a very interesting situation yeah. as well, right? Yeah. It gets us back to the uh, Adams-Jefferson administration. So the 12th Amendment was put in place to prevent this from happening, but should this strategy and should this happen in 24, the, the 12th Amendment will be used to put us right back to what they tried to prevent. And so, well, un- understand the 12th Amendment wasn't meant to prevent these splits. It was meant to um, uh, make an intentional decision. Right. So the vice president was not the first loser, the first runner up. Yeah. You had to choose. And the uh, imagine yourself as a uh, as a as an elector in you know 1796. You walk into the meeting room, you get a piece of paper, you write down two names, whatever names you want, right? And you submit those and they get counted. In, in 1804, you sit down and you take one piece of paper and you say, or you, or you take one list, you say, here's who I'm voting for for president and here's who I'm voting for for vice president. This means that the electors have it more control over that goes. It makes it less likely to have a split like that, but certainly not impossible. Yeah. And it does not require a lack of a majority to get there. It's actually our slavish devotion to a quote unquote two party system that makes it so unlikely for something like this to happen. Yeah. You can almost see how that two party system has sort of taken over to create the ticket and bind two people together to go through the process. And it almost has become automatic, hasn't it? Yeah. In fact, the whole idea of a ticket is, um, I think came up in the 1800s, but it's not, there's no, there's no ticket in the constitution. In fact, I would point out that the ticket actually violates the intent of the 12th amendment because now it's not the elector that is choosing the vice president. It is the president and the political party that's making that choice for the elector. I think it's a long shot that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. could get enough delegates to throw a monkey wrench in this. What are your thoughts on on this altogether? If, if he were to get on 10 or 12 ballots and happen to pick up uh, some delegates, what is, the, what is it going to look like? in your mind, if that were to happen? Well, a lot's going to come down to, in my mind, what happens in the Democratic primary process, the Democratic Party uh, process. Because the, at this point, it's almost assuredly going to be Donald Trump for the presidency, even if they take him off the primary ballot in, in these couple of states. His lead is so large it will be extremely difficult unless the Supreme court says he's disqualified. It's almost assuredly going to be Donald Trump on the one side and the number of States, I believe he's going to take compared to pretty much anybody on the, anybody on the democratic side, except I mean, think of Biden, right? Biden's numbers are so low. Um, Harris's numbers are below that. Uh, you you even get to let's say a Newsom or somebody else. Right. You see a completely discombobulated 
party? And I, how do you have people that um, go out and, and vote for that? I, I think they'd end up with a lot lower turnout for the Democrats in that situation, um, which actually means I may not get Robert F. Kennedy the, the, the presidency. But remember, if no one gets a majority, the top three candidates go to the, ho- go to the House. Okay. Do they also go it's to the Senate? Highly, uh, Do they also go no, to the Senate? Okay. The top two go to the Senate. The top three go to the House. So you, it's not that it's impossible, but from a, a, a long-term standpoint, as a break on the monopoly hold of the two-party system, um, I don't think it would, it would, I don't think, Robert F. Kennedy would win. It's fairly unlikely that Trump would lose. But um, you've now opened the people's mind to say, wait a second, maybe there is another way. Maybe you can be a quote-unquote Democrat like, like Kennedy Jr. without the radical Marxist agenda. And, and maybe we get back to something or at least show people we could get back to something a little bit more sane than the bipolar craziness we've had for for the last two, three decades. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So what you're saying is it is possible that it could happen and it's most likely the Republican nominee, if that were to happen, would end up being the president of the United States and in the Senate, it could be a crapshoot. Yeah, in the, the Senate, the question of vice president would be completely based on how the Senate changes in the 2024 election. But I think, uh, and of course, this assumes that the most likely candidates are the actual candidates, right? If we end up with a DeSantis versus Newsom, all those numbers go out the window. Yeah. Um, you know. Let me let me ask you something about the 17th Amendment. Because uh, I have a conversation and a debate with a friend every once in a while, and he says the 17th Amendment was the worst amendment that the country has ever done. Where do you come down on that? And and briefly tell people exactly what the 17th Amendment does. Okay, I think it's in a tie with the 16th Amendment as the worst amendment. I actually wrote a book, How the 16th and 17th Amendments Destroyed the Republic. The thing to understand... There's two reasons we have a bicameral legislature, two houses. One of them, which we may have learned in high school, has to do with the representation in large states versus small states, right? Large states wanted representation based on population, which, of course, would have disenfranchised a lot of the small states. The small states wanted equal among the states which, of course, meant the power of the large states would be diminished, and they didn't like that. So the compromise was two houses elected two different ways and with two different functions. That's the part most people miss. So the House of Representatives is, rep- is elected by the people, and they represent the people. They're, they're elected every two years. They represent the people. The Senate was originally appointed by the states. Right? The state legislature would appoint 
uh, the, the led their senators. Um, they serve for six years, not two years, but their job is to represent the states. So if you think about it, before 1913 and the 17th Amendment, federal legislation went through the representatives of the states and the people. And the states had say in federal regulation. They, or I should say federal law. That changed in 1913, the, uh, leading up to that, the, a group was saying, you know what, um, by allowing the, the legislatures to appoint senators, um, well, they might be corrupt. They might actually sell Senate seats. They had no evidence that it actually happened, but they said it could happen, and they used that to convince enough states to ratify this amendment that said we're going to let the people elect senators, which is really interesting because it assumes that while that legislators could be corrupted, individuals could not. (laughs) (laughs) And if you look at it, how many of you remember when Obama won the presidency, the governor of Illinois went to jail for selling Obama's Senate seat. Yeah, I think you were talking about the Connecticut compromise um, when they formed our government. And a lot of times people forget that the, the fighting and the bickering and the arguing was there from the very beginning in this country. And that Connecticut compromise was one vote. So here we are all these years later, pretty much where we were when all of this started. And it's really a fight for liberty and justice and Paul, I, I want to let you finish any thoughts you may have on the 17th, 16th, or even the 12th Amendment while I have you here as we close out this half hour. I, the reason I say that the 16th and 17th Amendment destroyed the republic is it gave the federal government direct impact on the people rather than having the states as a buffer. So before 1913, unless you were in the military the only contact you had with the federal government was the post office. After 1913, the federal government cared how much you made, what you spent on it, and wanted the ability to tax it directly. And they said, okay, now federal law is not going to have the states involved anymore. We're just going to have the people. We turned the Senate into a super House of Representatives. And again, corrupted the whole idea, the structure that our founding fathers created when they created this union, when they created the Republic. Paul, thank you so much for joining us again. You can hear Paul every afternoon at four o'clock right here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for having me. So did that clear it up for you? Are you clear as mud? I think Paul did a great job and I have a, a whole lot better of understanding of what may happen and what could happen if uh, Bob Kennedy, if Bobby Kennedy has any success here in the presidential primary coming up here in this year. Uh, I noticed that uh, he did get on his first ballot just this week. It it was in the state of Utah. It only took 1,000 signatures to get on that ballot, but that is the first one that he has come to. And you know, if you've turned on the TV lately or watched anything on the news online, our country is in a mess. It's down and out. The Tower of Babel is falling. And right now is the time to protect yourself and your temple from destruction. 
And to do that, that means protecting your resources, including your savings, so you can protect and defend your legacy and your posterity from destruction. That's why thousands of good Americans are arming themselves with physical gold and silver from GoldCo. Go to BookerLikesGold.com, or you can just call them. Call my partners at GoldCo today and tell them you heard about this show on America Out Loud with Booker. And you could get up to $10,000 in bonus silver from GoldCo for qualified accounts. And this is just for signing up. So protect your legacy and your posterity while you still can. Go to BookerLikesGold.com. We have more of the program coming up in just a minute. We're going to get with Chris Widener. He has teamed up with Dinesh D'Souza for conservative businesses, something to help all of us. Uh, We try to cancel uh, the woke businesses all the time. Well, Dinesh and Chris Widener have come up with something to help conservative businesses, and we're going to find out about that. Plus, we're going to have a conversation about presidential politics and the primary. That is coming up next right here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body, and now they found the solution. The Miracle Enzyme Natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work. REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. 
For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. We wouldn't go a day without washing our hands, brushing our teeth, and washing our nose. Well, wait, we wash our nose? Yes, the number one place where bacteria, viruses, and pollen enter the body is through the nose. So the average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for bacteria, viruses, and irritants to get into your nose and make you sick. For an extra layer of protection, wash your nose with Clear. That is Clear, X-L-E-A-R. Clear's drug-free nasal spray features xylitol, an ingredient proven to block adhesion of many nasty bacteria and viruses, and effectively clean, not just rinse like a saline, but wash your nose. Clear nasal spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. Read the research studies for yourself at clear.com. That's xlear.com. Protect yourself from the pathogens and junk you breathe. Pick up a bottle for you and your family today. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Spike proteins help viruses enter into your cells disrupting your health and your well-being. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body of spike proteins, which allows your body to repair from within, supporting your immune and respiratory systems and regulating your inflammatory response. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years. Brush, floss, repeat. We're told to use fluoride, which doesn't really address the acid-creating bacteria. That is where the dentist-recommended Spry Dental Defense System shines. Spry products contain xylitol 
a natural sugar, which helps get rid of those nasty, smelly, acid-creating bacteria in our mouth. The best way to care for your teeth and gums is by using Spry. The Spry Dental Defense System has a wide variety of products, toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and chewing gums that are designed to work together to keep your teeth clean and mouth healthy and smelling sweet all day long. To get your oral care back on track in an easy, effective, and very tasty way, switch to Spry today. Ask your dentist about Xylitol and the Spry products. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural product retailers. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news. Liberty and justice for all. And welcome back to Our Lives in Politics here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I am Booker Scott, and if you don't know this, you need to check out AmericaOutloud.news right now. Because over the holiday, what we did was we revamped the entire site. It is so easy for you to use now. And of course, there is America Out Loud Talk Radio. But in addition to that, there is a whole podcast network that you do not hear at America Out Loud Talk Radio. So please go there, check out the articles while you're there, uh, do some shopping, uh, click on the shop and even the bookstore, and maybe you can find a really good book that you can get into and help you learn about liberty and justice for all of us. Uh, we're going to go to something right now that I think has should have been on top of everyone's mind over the last few years uh, with the woke businesses that we have and you know, there should be a way for conservatives and other people to do business with like-minded people. And guess what? There is a way, and I'm going to introduce you to a person now that has developed the way, and he's going to let you know where you can go and what you can do about that. The name of it is Red Referral Network, and I'm speaking of Chris Widener. Chris is the founder of that, but he's also a filmmaker, and he's partnered with Dinesh D'Souza on this effort. Right now, we're going to welcome into the program Chris Widener. Chris, welcome. Hey, Booker. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. And tell us a little bit about the Red Referral Network. We have we have all this wokeness going on in the country and uh, Bud Light, Disney, you can name them. It just keeps going. 
how do we do business with like-minded people? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's interesting that you said only the last couple of years we've been thinking about it because, you know, I've partnered with Dinesh D'Souza on this. And one of the things that we say pretty regularly is maybe even five or seven years ago, this probably wouldn't have been a good idea. But given the fact that there's so much cancel culture and everybody's so angry at each other and, you know, we're so, uh, uh, there's so much polarization in America today, and especially because the left is going after people on the right so much, that it really is timely for us to finally stand up and say, you know what, let's stop doing business with the left and start doing business with people who share our values. And one of the things that is interesting is we do it with large corporations. We say, I'm never shopping Target again, or I'm never going to Starbucks again. But the reality is, is that small businesses and individual business owners give almost 10 times more money to politicians and organizations than large companies and political action committees do. So we may stop going to Target, but we shift and we give it to a local store. We stop going to Starbucks and we go to a local coffee shop and they take their money and they donate it to politicians and organizations who then stand in the public square and say, Booker Scott and Chris Widener are racist, homophobic, transphobic insurrectionists. And frankly, I'm done with it. So we've decided to help people do business locally with other conservatives. And you look at a conservative like Mike Lindell as an example. Uh, You know, he he was canceled out of every store, you know, uh, Bed Bath & Beyond, you name it. He's no longer there. And everything he has to do is... Uh, through social media and advertising on Fox News. So this Red Referral Network, explain how it works and how people can find you. Yeah, and many people may uh, are familiar with the, with the idea through a company that has really pioneered the idea called Business Networking International. Sure. Uh, BNI, many people might know it as. And for 30 years, uh, they have put thousands of groups all across America together. They meet Every week, they meet at local coffee shops, restaurants, you know, libraries, and they get to know each other. They get to know the other people in the group and what they do for business. And then when they are out and about and they hear that somebody's looking for a real estate agent or a roofer or a garage guy or, you know, whatever, life insurance, that's when you say, oh, wait a minute, I have a weekly meeting with a real estate agent. She's fantastic. Let me give you a referral. And this is the idea then with the Red Referral Network is every single week they meet together in their local areas, they get to know the other conservatives, what they do for work, and then they begin to refer business to one another. And one of the things that we do that goes sort of on top of what a BNI model might do is every single week, Dinesh D'Souza is creating um, Uh, specific material, exclusive material just for our local groups that focus on how local business people can uh, understand and act on what's going on nationally, politically. And so we're not just referrals, but we're also education. And then, frankly, I think the biggest thing for this is challenging and encouraging one another as conservatives in the midst of you know, how culture has really turned against us. And how long have you guys been at this? And then also on top of that, how big of a network do you have right now? Are you looking for new local groups? How does one plug into your groups? Absolutely. We're actually in pre-launch right now. 
we've been sort of letting it out. You're you're probably the tenth, eleventh uh, interview that we've done on this, and we have uh, probably about five thousand businesses nationally, and uh, that's just in a month. And um, we are looking for leaders all the time because really this is driven by the leadership of the local groups. So Dinesh and I view ourselves as partners with the local leaders. We've had about 350 people already raise their hand and say, we want to lead a group. So we've been doing leadership training. In fact, I've got 12 leadership trainings scheduled this month and I do all the leadership training. My background is as a, a leadership speaker uh, Inc. Magazine's named me one of the top leadership training uh, speakers in the world. Um, and that's my background. I've written 24 books, motivation and, and those kinds of things. So we train the leaders. It's all based on zip code. So somebody says, I want to do a I want to do a, a, a group in my area. And I happen to live in, in Chattanooga. My zip code is 37363. So when I register and all registration is free, by the way, anybody can register for free. Um, I can claim a group 37363. Then when somebody else who maybe hears it on the radio or sees it on television or a friend tells them about it, they type in their zip code, they will see that there's already a group there. I will see that somebody new has registered. And so we're driving people together using the zip code technology so that everybody can find a group locally. So we have not even started our groups yet. We're starting our first groups will start third week of January, so in a couple weeks. And we already have 5,000 businesses and about 350 leaders. So our goal is um, 5,000 groups with anywhere between 20 and 50 people in each one. How can someone join or start one of those groups in one of those zip codes? Yep, all they have to do is go to redreferralnetwork.com. Uh, you start by giving us email and a zip code. And then there's a 90-second questionnaire. We ask you, you know, what's your profession? Have you ever been involved in a networking group before? We do ask you if you'd like to uh, lead a group. If you say no, totally fine. You get put onto a list that tells you, you know, everything you need to do. If you say, yes, I would like to be a leader, then you will get an email specifically inviting you to the leadership trainings. And, uh, and we just start driving people together. We encourage the leaders to pick a day, time, and place. And they start hosting the meetings. We give them the meeting agendas. We give them the, the videos from Dinesh. Everything is turnkey. Literally, all you have to do is invite people and show up. I think it's a great idea. I have been in BNI groups myself in the past, and they're always worth it. We always got referrals and past referrals on there. And now you're with like-minded people that think like you politically, and you're also building each other up in business and in other ways as well when you when you network with people that think like you do. And so I think that's great, and we're going to get back to that before I let you go. But before we get there, let's let's have a little conversation about this presidential primary. We've we've seen all of it, uh, what's been taking place so far. And to me, on the Republican side, you have Donald Trump, who's way out in front, and it seems that we probably are down to Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley now. What are your thoughts on what you've seen so far? through this primary season as we get ready for the Iowa caucus and then New Hampshire and South Carolina? Well, unless something extraordinary happens, Trump is going to be the nominee. I don't see how he isn't, unless the polls are just way off. Um, the biggest concern for me is us 
maintaining the ability to get along mm-hmm. once the primary is over. You know, right now we've gotten to the point where people are starting to say, well, if Trump's the guy, I'm never voting for him. Or if DeSantis is the guy, I'm never voting for him. Yeah, yeah. And this is this happens a lot. You and I have been around politics a lot. But ultimately, somebody has to hold their nose and vote. Right. And, you know, I'm a Trump guy. I love Trump, um, have been voted for him before. But if somehow, some way he is not the nominee, I'm voting for whoever's number two, because I can tell you what, it's going to be better than Joe Biden or whoever they decide to put up there. So the, the thing that I'm concerned about, particularly with those who say they won't vote for Trump, is you probably know this, Booker, from all the years that we were told by the mainstream Republicans, if you don't vote for John McCain, we'll lose. If yeah. you don't vote for Mitt Romney, we'll lose. Well, I was a good, loyal Republican. I held my nose and I voted. They weren't my primary guy, but when when general election came along, this is what adults do. They have to make these decisions that are sometimes not perfect choices. So I'm hoping that uh, we get a good candidate. And I think that there are two or three on the Republican side that would, you know, I'd be I'd be happy with. Again, I'm a Trump guy, but um, if somehow, some way, Vivek, I like Vivek. He's uh, he's very articulate. I think he's probably going to be great in about five or 10 years, but uh, he certainly drives the conversation. Um, but no, I'm, I'm excited about it. I think I th- I'm hoping and praying that the people in the middle are taking a look around at gas prices and grocery prices and crime and, and saying, Hey, it's, it's time for something else. In fact, I'm good friends with my local congressman and, uh, and I keep telling him, here's the message, gas, groceries, crime, gas, groceries, crime, yeah. say it over and over and over again. And Chris, something else I'm noticing now is I think the border is going to be a positive for the Republicans going into this election because you see cities like Chicago and New York and you see these Democrats that are now asking questions about what's going on at the border. And I believe that's going to be a bigger a bigger item than what it has been in the past. It's always been so polarizing, but I think it's it's gotten so bad at the border now, and it's affecting so many people in so many different ways that everyone's starting to pay attention to it. Oh, absolutely. And you think about the folks coming across the border, there's, there's a number of things that are just not good. First of all, crime. They bring crime in. One of the things that we're starting to see is these are not, you know, wayward families who are looking for a better life. You're seeing thousands and thousands and thousands of single men of fighting age. And, and you know, I try not to let myself go down that rabbit hole, but I'm telling you, yeah. it cannot be good to have that many guys like that coming into our country. But secondly, they take jobs away. And then thirdly, if they can figure out a way to vote, which most of them are trying to figure out how to do, and the Democrats would like them to, they don't vote for things that are according to American ideals. They're coming from other places and they're looking for handouts. So it's just a net loss, loss, loss for us. And the healthcare, it's stretching our healthcare thin. It's uh, stretching, uh, stretching our schools to uh, the point that they're, they're of course already failing. And when, when I look at the presidential politics and you were talking about us coming together because it has been a really, really rough six months or eight months. If you pay any attention to social media, people are going at each other like crazy when it comes to DeSantis and Trump and even Nikki Haley. Uh, So many people think she's a neocon and uh, she's in it for all the wrong reasons. 
I'm not going to put an opinion on that, but we do and we will have to come together. And really, when you think about it, you have to think about you. Uh, you talk about safety and security and gas and groceries, and I, and I put it into safety and security. I throw the border into that column, and it is economy. It is inflation. Are you better now than you were four years ago or three years ago? And it, that's what it comes down to. And then I think the third thing that I really look at, and I think the thing that we really should all concentrate on, is our future and our children. And that comes into the education and what the public education has done, doing away with the Department of Education and even school choice. And uh, the Republicans made school choice such a big thing in their last convention. Almost every speaker spoke about school choice. And I think they've kind of dropped the ball on that because every child in this country should have the opportunity for a great education, whether you're a kid in, in the uh, the slums of Baltimore or Chicago or New York, or if you're in a suburb somewhere in a nice city. And we don't have that right now. And it's unfortunate. And what, what are your thoughts on those three big ideas? Well, I think the schools, you're absolutely right. We've got to get those right. And um, and particularly in lower income places, we have to figure out a way to get those young children educated because education rises them out of poverty. It reduces crime, you know, all those kinds of things. But throwing money at it isn't always the answer. In fact, uh, I live in Chattanooga and I was meeting with my local state senator, who's the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee. We get together for breakfast like three, four times a year. And we were talking about how we needed to put money into schools. And he pointed out the window of the cafe and he said, there's a, an elementary school about four blocks from here. And I can't remember the number. He said 5 million or 10 million or something they put in and every kid got an iPad and the whole thing. And he said, nothing, nothing worked. It, yeah. it didn't, didn't raise scores, didn't do anything because the problem isn't how nice the school is. The problem is for the most part, how engaged the parents are. Yeah. And I really believe that that's true. Parents are the ones that go, honey, get in your bedroom, do your homework. You're not watching TV or playing a game until you get it done. But if you're in a single family household, which 85% of the African-American population is raised in single family, where oftentimes the mother is out working two or three jobs, God bless her, trying to pay the bills, and dad is nowhere in the picture, the kids come home and they get themselves into trouble or they come home and they just watch TV and they eat food and they end up overweight and there's weight problems and just all those kinds of things. We really need to get the church back involved and sure. do their job. We need to get local groups involved, get their job. And we need somehow, some way to encourage long-term families uh, in some of these communities. It takes a village, doesn't it? And, and right now it doesn't seem that we really have that village in this country. And yeah, you know, that's why when you look for a president, you really look for someone that can unify. Do you think Donald Trump can unify this country going into 25 when he takes office again? Should he win? Or is it still going to be so polarizing that that's not even a possibility? I don't know that Jesus could unify us right now, Booker. <laughs> I mean, people, here's the problem. It used to be that people debated the technique to get to where we all wanted to go. Somebody would say, uh, let's do this. And then we'd say, yeah, we should do that. Well, we should do it this way. No, we should do it this way. Well, no, we should do it this way, the third way. That's what politicians argued about because they came from the same worldview. Yeah. But here's what I think has happened now. We have polarized into two worldviews. One is a capitalistic, Judeo-Christian, traditional worldview. 
And the second is more of a socialist, communist, secular, humanist uh, worldview. And here's the real problem. Both people on both sides view their worldview with a moral imperative. Yeah, I see It that. is no longer just debating how. It's a debate about which is right and which is wrong, which is good and which is evil. And if you have a moral imperative to your worldview, you don't just say, oh, all right, we'll go along with you this time. Yeah, it, it uh, it's all or nothing now politically. Uh, there is mm-hmm. there is no in the middle. There is no let's talk about it and and come to a solution. You look at the border. You know this has been going on for forty years now, and I'm totally convinced that neither side wants a solution. The the they both use it to raise money and to charge their base to get out and vote. So I don't I don't really think they they want a solution. They just want to use it. Uh, for their own purposes, and and their own purposes don't include solving that issue at the border. Uh, you're listening to Chris Widener, and he has partnered with Dinesh D'Souza. The name of this network is the Red Referral Network. It is just starting right now. And Chris, if you could go through it one more time real quick and tell people how to plug in so that they can get on the ground floor of this opportunity to do business with other like-minded people like us. Sure, absolutely. All you have to do is go to redreferralnetwork.com. It takes 90 seconds to register, free of charge, puts you into our system. Uh, We have lots of opportunity for uh, great webinars and business coaching and all sorts of stuff. But key element to the Red Referral Network is the local groups that meet weekly all around America, getting to know each other, getting to know the other conservatives, learning from Dinesh, who's producing exclusive content, and then going out and helping people do business, referring business to people who believe the way you believe. And, you know, frankly, this has been done for a long time. Amish people do it. Jewish people do it. Mormons do it. They'll do business with somebody who doesn't, you know, believe in their particular thing, but they always give first shot to somebody who agrees with their morals, ethics, and values. Yeah, and we should do the same thing. And that's what you're trying to do. Sure. Chris, thank you so much for joining us here. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me, Booker. Appreciate it. I encourage you to check out that website. Go there and see if there is a zip code in your area where they already have something. If they don't, sign up. And by all means, uh, get with Chris Widener and Dinesh D'Souza on that effort. Again, that is Red Referral network. And that was Chris Widener. And I don't know if you saw this, but just this week, a few days ago, it was about 60 Republicans that headed down to the border. It was uh, Speaker Johnson that led the way and he had some great words about what's been going on at the border. But I think all of us know that you would have to be hiding under a rock not to realize what has happened at that border. It's a human crisis. We've let 8 to 10 million people in here. Over 150,000 Americans have died over a fentanyl overdose. But now you start seeing that this is going to become part of funding the government. If you remember, when Speaker Johnson came in, they did a couple of different bills that pushed the spending into the new year. Guess what? We are in the new year. And we're less than two weeks away from the government shutdown again. Well, the Biden administration is saying that they will have nothing to do with anything that closes the border. And the Republicans are saying that uh, it has to be tied to the border. So we see this fight that is starting to happen. 
And again, the Republicans are going to be blamed for shutting down the government and not paying the military. But it is a fight we're going to have to keep our eyes on over the next couple of weeks. Again, they have kicked the can into this year. Something that should have been done at the end of September was a budget with 12 appropriations. They didn't have it done. So guess what happened? They pushed it into this year. So that uh, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll, we'll see what happens with Speaker Johnson and the Republicans in the House of Representatives and what they can get accomplished with the border. We'll also keep an eye on Mayorkas. It sounds like impeachment is heating up in his world way too late. That should have been done a long time ago. You guys have yourself a great week. We'll do this again the same time next week. And thank you so much for listening on America Out Loud Talk Radio or on a podcast, wherever you're listening to us or wherever you found us. Thank you. And, and thank you to my partners and the sponsors of this hour, Gold Co. Go to BookerLikesGold.com. And don't forget, you were told over 2,000 years ago that you are the salt of the earth and salt without flavor, it has no value. So keep being salty. We'll do it again next week. Have a great week. You've been listening to Our Lives in Politics on America Out Loud Talk Radio. 